you've got spiders growing out your beard and I've got photographic evidence of it so you can't deny it. Get them snipped. Hello everyone, welcome to the Podquisition. My name's Jim Sterling and I've got the hiccups today. That that was so fortuitous it could have been scripted but it wasn't. It's I am in hell. I get very violent hiccups. They've not left me not left me alone all day. I hate today. Hello Laura. Hello, I am here. Um, we did chat a little bit before the show. You mentioned you had hiccups. And as I pointed out, I'll point out again, I could ed- edit out your hiccups. No one needs to know how much you're hiccuping. But no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make all of your hiccups be public embarrassment for tens of thousands of people to listen to. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Jim. <laughs> I would expect that's why we podcast together, because you make the right editorial calls. Um, <laughs> hello, Gavin. Hello. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, have you ever right. had like hiccups for like two, three days in a row? No. I, yeah, that, that that would be horrible. That happened to me once a few years ago, and it was actually it got pretty scary. Like I couldn't stop hiccuping for like three days, and and then it just randomly stopped. It was a really the, weird experience. I can't blame you for being scared because there are people in the world who've had hiccups for like decades. Yeah. Where they just didn't stop. Well, as you know, when 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 you get an affliction, everyone's first reaction is to Google it. <laughs> and like, came out of that Google so search like, going, "Oh my god, longest, I have hiccups." It's like, what's for the longest life? someone's chronic hiccups have lasted for? Oh god, they could last forever. Yeah. Fuck. Oh god, yeah. I don't want this to last forever. How would I do the no. podcast? Well, like one... It would turn everything. In. It would take. It would stop this podcast being the serious piece of intellectual discussion that it's come to well, be known as. I, I, I think that the only difference it would really make is that would it would mildly change your niche. You are now not only Jim fucking Sterling's son, but you're also the podcaster of choice for people that like video games, but that are also really turned on by hiccups. Yeah, Jim hiccuping Sterling's I mean, um, <laughs> you know son. This the way, is like, not good like, for Life me. is like, about adjusting to things, but I think like permanent hiccups would be... Like, I remember when I found out my tinnitus would be permanent, I was pretty upset, but I got used to it. But I can't imagine someone getting used to hiccups. How could you get used no. to that permanently? I feel like it would be like a Chinese water torture thing. Like, mm. like eventually you would just, like, lose your grip. Yeah. It, it would be one of those things that you'd have to explain everywhere you went in life. It's like, it just, bef- you'd have to preempt before anyone said, do you need a glass of water, yeah. you know, to try and get rid of your hiccups. Anytime you met anyone new or did a talk anywhere mm. or did a podcast, you'd have to start every podcast with, hey, so just so you know, I hiccup every single day forever. Yeah, and then spend the next hour with people giving you solutions that don't work. That you've yeah, heard so well, have you tried this? What if I dropped like, yes, a key down it. your back? You read that in the Beano, you crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So, last time that my fiance had the hiccups, I did scare her so much that she almost did a bit of a wee. Oh. <laughs> I, I waited, like, she had the hiccups and she'd been mess- she messaged me on her lunch break that she couldn't get rid of them and she'd had them the whole way through her work shift. So, I waited in our flat in pitch darkness and as she came in, I just jumped and screamed. Speaking, and- speaking of Beano, <laughs> going back to there, I used uh, Beano to describe Jim to someone lately and they were asking what kind of stuff he does. I said, um, imagine Beano crossed with like weird sex stuff <laughs> but adult and everyone in it oh, and, never... and cross that with mad and spitting image and that kind of thing that's pretty much what Jim does <laughs> you've just made me realise I've never thought to look up Beano Rule 40, 34 oh god oh no <laughs> oh, Dennis the Menace and, and Minnie the, the Minx going at it so, like the clappers with Nasha watching. So, 
Yeah. So I have I have a weird like discovering that thing porn of things exists story. So recently I went to a convention in London and a friend of mine pointed out that there is a website that you can look at. I think it's PornMD that run it that will do a live search of what people in the world are searching for porn of. And it's quite fascinating to watch this thing scroll by because every so often you'll see people search for like pieces of fiction. Penis the menace and his dog and Nasher. <laughs> Well, I discovered like there is a wealth of um of SpongeBob SquarePants porn. I did not know that. Um, animated and like computer animated or two D oh, animated. Really? Uh, okay. Well, SpongeBob here's the question porn. we all need to know: There's Does he it. actually have a square in his pants? Um, he has what can best be described as a rector dick. It's a rectangular. Yeah. <laughs> I assume it's a penis with two like squares at the base. Ow. It's just. It's a very cuboid. I don't know how pleasurable yeah, it would be. Yeah, yeah. It recipient. sounds rather painful for anything but like. I don't know. Well, it's spongy, so I guess a hole it in a brick wall. Might but the the cast of the Lego Movie might get along with it. Yeah, yeah. The problem I have more is it's it's spongy, so I doubt it would be painful. Oh, but true. you're going to have a bit of effort getting it to go in there because yeah. it's just going to kind plus, of flatten against everything. It would just bump up, wouldn't it? And, yeah. and some people just have like a not fun oh. reaction to sponges in general. Like I don't know about yeah. you guys, but they make me kind of get like shivers down my back. I don't like the feel of them. Right. Well, okay. I, yeah. I think it's we should say for the record then that the cast of Podquisition, oh, and I think we unanimous. <laughs> um, was that a hiccup or like a small dog that, behind you? That that, that was a hiccup. <laughs> let, let let's not dwell on them. Um, <laughs> but I do I do think it should be said for the record that none of us are interested in having sex sex with SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, so well, speak for yourself. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not ready to decide whether I find that interesting or not. You know, well, you're going to have to come. Look, look, the election cycle's nearly here, Laurie. You're going to have to come to a decision on this. We we can't have you flip flopping on the SpongeBob sex issue. Well, you know, when it comes to the SpongeBob sex issue, you know, if you pair him up with Squidward, Squidward's got quite a nice hard clarinet. I, you know, things could happen. I think you need to ask Donald Trump what he thinks about. Uh, SpongeBob porn. I think that could be oh, that, the, that be could brilliant. be the deciding factor in in this well, no, election. Why would that be the dis- why would that be the deciding factor? Because we all know that everyone's voting for Sterling Milk twenty sixteen. <laughs> but yeah, no one's voting for anything. Different. I'd love to see because because the best thing about Donald Trump, and it would be evidenced in this, is I would just love to see how he can somehow link SpongeBob the SpongeBob sex issue to something racist that he will inevitably say. <laughs> like, the two of those would just be brilliant. I hate these hiccups. They are, they are so, ruining all of my great political satire right now. Now, I can't believe that I haven't thought about this until this very moment, but can we please all, like, pray and pray and wish and, you know, put our hands up in the sky as a, like, sending out our energy to try and get Donald Trump to do a fart on TV so that we can have Donald Trump's Trump. I, I just want footage of Donald Trump doing a Trump. And I'd, I'd love a show called Donald Trump's Top Ten Trumps. Or well, Top Trumps. Donald, to- mm, Donald top, top Trumps, Trump's with Donald Trump. Mm. Where he, like, Donald's Top Trumps. Donald's Top Trumps, where he, where he rates like, the best fans. Mm. I now need to work out. I now need to work out if I can do a good Donald Trump impression or learn to do one because I need to make this a show that I record. <laughs> Just an in-character Donald. I can do Donald's top, top Trumps. He can, like, rate can, his top ten dumps. <laughs> I can do a brilliant top Trump... Im- uh, top Trump. I can do a brilliant Donald Trump impression, though. Do you want to hear it? Absolutely. Let's hear it. 
You know what's funny, Jim? The noises you were making there almost sounded like the word liberal at points. <laughs> like genuinely they did. I'm just hoping that killed my hiccups. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I heard a hiccup in the middle of it somewhere. I'm hoping that was the hiccups escaping. Oh, I just gave myself a headache. <laughs> well, what did you learn? Well, was, that, you here, know, here's the important great thing. art was, doesn't come without pain. Was, great art comes with was pain. Was SpongeBob an immigrant? Because I think that's that's going to be his deciding factor. Well, who put yeah, the pineapple onto the sea? Yeah, we, we can't we can't ship ship our sponge based pornography out mm. to other nations. We mm. can't possibly do that. Even taking into account the fact that some of his things are made in other countries. Mm. But you know, but we can't you, ship things abroad. You know what's funny about that though is even people outside of the US know that like white people weren't the first ones there and that like Mexicans were there before us or us. Uh, before white people in California. They were certainly there before me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I only got here a few years ago. Yeah, well, you know, you you guys just like colonize whatever country you want, you Brits. Like, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, now they're trying to take well, America that's, back. <laughs> that's the annoying thing, is right. I I I am an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Ain't no one give me shit. You know, yeah, and people like, who've lived there all their lives, it's like, oh no, you can't be here, yeah. you're stealing our jobs. It's like, no, f- but look at Mr. Sterling, he's stealing all the, you know, the market for American, whatever Jim Sterling is. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely, and I use that term immigrant as well. Like, fuck calling, fuck calling the, the quote-unquote good immigrants expats. Like, I, oh. th- that term oh. is so fucking bullshit. Like, don't have a special word for British people. I know British people who call themselves expats that complain about immigration into the UK, and yeah. I'm like, no, you can't yeah. fucking do that. You you <laughs> did the same fucking thing. Expat is a funny one because I never knew it was like a more of a British term. So I always I always heard it and presumed it meant Irish people <laughs> because you know Pat's Patrick Paddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's patriots, yeah. expatriots. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I was never a patriot to fucking begin with. So, yeah. but you're a Patreon. Oh. oh! Speaking of Patreon, off you go, Jim. Ah? <laughs> huh? Speaking of Patreon, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think Evan was linking to anything in particular. It's just you happen to have a yes, Patreon. Jim, he didn't do the Jim segue to me. Just like, Jim, Jim's and got so one. So does Laura. That's what yeah, I was leading. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We, you know what? We are really bad business people. Yeah. <laughs> Talking yeah, about we the are. stuff at the end of the show, like the end of like an hour or an hour and a half on some on, on bad weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah. To so talk well, about what, stuff. Ten, we're ten minutes in now. We haven't talked about video games. If you want to hear about the video games, you're going to have to listen to us self promote. Yeah. So go give me some money on patreoncom forward slash Buzz. That's what keeps the lights on and keeps this show edited and happening and stuff. So there, you know, I, I, yeah. I contribute to Laura's Patreon. Fucking least I could do. Yeah. And you know what? It, yeah. It's given me so much joy. Uh, yeah, yeah, the weird things I put through that Patreon. <laughs> God knows. Like, today I wrote about... Uh, what did I what I put through Patreon today? Um, a game about uh, you can run a pornography studio. It's basically like Game Dev Tycoon, but instead of running a game studio, you run a porn studio. Um... I dated some orcs and I made a bunch of silly voices for orcs that were all a bit like this. This is my mandy orc voice. <laughs> that is the classic yes. orc voice. Yeah, that is the classic orc voice. Yeah. 
Okay. My, my Patreon's a fun place to be. You want to see all Blood these scoops? Come back me on Patreon. I highly recommend it. You know what? I'm not being funny, but I don't think I've hiccuped since I did the Donald Trump impression. Well, there you go. Now that you've said there that. You <laughs> Honestly, I think Donald Trump just killed my hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> don't give him credit, because then people will vote for him rather than Sterling Milk. Oh, that's Trump true. We hiccup, are competitors. Hiccup-free America. Well, of course, I, I re- restated my presidential plans at Jimquisition Live, which was a thing that happened this weekend. Woo! A real it life... went really bloody well. You did a good job of working that crowd yeah, and stuff. It, it was, was amazing. It was pretty great. Um, yeah, you know, I, I was panicking, like, will I flake? Will no one turn up? Um, but the crowd, like, it was almost a full fucking house, you know. People, there, there were some side seats empty, but apparently that's just no one wanted them because they were shitty side seats. Because there were people stood up at the back, so that went fantastic. Got a good laugh. Uh, pretended and you, you to be revealed a you revealed those projects you've been teasing for a while that we've known about, but we can't talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's all secrets. Yeah, we can finally talk about stuff. Um, Jim Sterling's licensed game adventure slash experience. I'm not sure what we're going with yet because <laughs> the artwork was set was different from what I said. But then again, the artwork was cobbled up half an hour before the show because um, well, my guys were like, "Fuck it, let's just quickly do something for it." Well, um, I can I can tell you a little bit of a peek behind the scenes. I know at least one, maybe two, video game websites have already put experience in their databases for for game entries. Right, well, that's what we'll so, go with. Then. You know, because that's what was on the logo. Yeah. Very well, Jim Sterling's licensed game experience. Um, this better feature something by me in it. I want to do some music for it. Well, that's the thing, because the, <laughs> the, 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 the plan I have is for the end of it to have a particular style of tune. And if you did want to contribute to that, like, there is no one who would do it better. All right, confirmed, Miracle that's, of Sound. That's one of the very few projects I would actually do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to open floodgates for anything here. So just being clear on that. <laughs> well, and my my moment now is like, why, right? What can I like? What is valuable about me? I can force my way into this game. Um, <laughs> is there is there a talking butt at any point in the game? Can I be the voice of the butt? There can be. I'll find something. I will find something, and then I'll get all of the pod position crew involved. Um, we'll be in there somewhere. So yeah, that's a game. It's coming to mobile, um, possibly PC as well. You know, I don't want to hype things up too much because I'm not a, a game executive tit. Um, so you know, it's not going to be something massively earth shattering, but I feel like it's going to be a bit of fun for people. Yeah, a few weeks ago we had someone who made their own Jim Sterling game and. At this point, you knew that you were making your own game, and there was suddenly this moment of, I can't endorse this too much mm-hmm. for no reason. <laughs> I just can't wait why. to see angry people playing it on YouTube and shitting all over it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, well, no, wait, wait until you put the first trailer up, and then Digital Homicide does a, um, <laughs> a, a trailer video, a Steam Greenlight trailer video on your trailer. Someone in the audience of Jimquisition Live shouted that out. Just, just ruined the moment. Just... <laughs> So they can't wait for Digital Homicide to review it, which, let's face it, is going to happen because they're getting yeah. weirder well, was, and scarier. It, it was the first thing that came into my head when you announced it. I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to happen. I mean, I've always been ready for it. I was like, if, if, if ever I got into, like, a game prod, pro, like a prop, not just for the voice acting, but a real game project, like, I know it's going to get shit on by certain people because, yeah. you know, people love Turnabout. Turnabout's fair play, that old phrase. Yeah, people so, love the idea that, oh, you criticise some projects and now you're getting criticised. It's not that easy, Mr. Sterling. Yeah, so I'm ready for that. And, and you know, I'm not 
trying to preemptively say the criticism won't be valid. Um, if if it if it comes out and people don't like it, then learning experience. You know. I'll, However, I'll, I'll just sit back and will... say I didn't code it. Um, regardless, regardless of like valid criticism, there will undoubtedly be some we're going to criticize it because it's ironic that you criticize things and now we're criticizing you yeah maybe um i I think there'll be a little bit of that i just i i hope that it comes out and is good and people play it and think it's good. i can't wait for the war like rhetoric that accompanies the comments on those like the hunter has become the hunted (laughs) oh drama Oh, and do you want to talk about your other projecty thing that's finally out in the open? Yes. Now this one, I've just been. This one's been making me squirm because because <laughs> I don't want to talk about games that I'm involved with in any way without disclosing it. Uh, mm. But when we've not made the announcement yet, I can't do the disclosure yet. So I just have to keep my mouth shut about the game. So I couldn't talk about We Happy Few when the Kickstarter was a success. I couldn't congratulate. I couldn't, you know, talk about how happy I was that a game I backed um, is, is, is up. I couldn't Well, there was, there was moments changes. when me and Gavin were like, oh yeah, that looks cool. And you were like, mm, yeah. Yeah, got to keep my mouth shut. Um, but now, of course, I can say it because I can now disclose, and, and obviously that's disclosure is yeah. very important to me. Um, so yeah, announced at Gymquisition Live, I am going to be a, uh, a character, going to be voicing in um, We Happy Few. Uh, it's going to be... I did my most of my lines this morning, uh, and i got to do a few retakes because uh, I'm being directed... Um, that was one of the things that one of the things I had to agree to was uh, you've got to be comfortable with direction as if, as if I was going to be some prima donna like arsehole who was just like well, you I know you are Jim fucking yeah. Sterling son but I'm like no please like, I, I would love direction because I'm not a professional and and I would love to um, get some professional direction that would be lovely uh, so most of the lines apparently they, they really like so I'm, I'm really happy about it if, I was nervous this morning because I sent them off this morning if like, anything the, like the most frustrating thing I think a lot of people find when they do work on project like that is the lack of direction the most more, mm. more direction the thing. better yeah. I was just going to say, you know, I'm really happy that, that some of the lines were I've been asked to redo in a certain because mm. they wanted a different tone than I gave, and I'm like, well, perfect. The, the tone that they've told me to give out makes so much more sense. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, it's harder to do, obviously, because we're remote. You know, the compulsions up in Canada, and I'm here in fucking Mississippi, mm. so it's all done sort of back and forthy. But mm. yeah, yeah, it's it's it's. It's fun. I'm really looking forward to yeah. it. Cool. I, I'm very excited in a similar vein. I can't talk about what the project is yet, but it's a non-video game project I've started doing some voice acting for. And in the same vein, I was really excited when I started getting given proper voice acting direction. I was like, oh, this is good. I can I can know what I'm doing. So Sweet. Yeah, I've been voice acting for... Mm, what, can I, what can I say? Um, it's going to be out soon. I can't talk about it till it's out. It's not about video games, and I play some form of anthropomorphic animal. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's some some information. Looking yeah. forward to that. Um, <laughs> Did someone just turn happened? on a fan or an AC or something? I don't know. I'm I'm getting a lot of background noise showing up on my recording, and I don't know why. I don't know how much of that is from my recording down in the pub room, but like if it's on my thing, I'll get it with the um the hunt the hurts removal thing that I do at the end uh, anyway. I've turned the gain down on mine. Uh, As have I just done. I've just turned yeah. my gain down. So anyway, that's fine. Well, I'll I'll do what I can in post. Um, 
So yeah, uh, Jimquisition Live went fantastic. Thank you to everyone who turned up. Uh, thank you to the guy who asked the question to say that Laura was awesome and got me talking about Podquisition and how much I enjoy recording with Laura and Gavin. Uh, which is I know just how dip- how diplomatically you answered that question as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yes, Laura is awesome. So is Gavin, who you neglected to mention. Like, He's like, also thanks, cool. Dude. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I am cool. Thank you for going to a place in another country where I am not and telling someone who's not me that I'm cool. <laughs> Thank you, whoever you are. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it, it, it was an incredible night. Um, it was, I mean, you wouldn't believe how terrified I was that mm. day. Like, oh, I would. The moment, I would. Hmm? I would believe Well, you this. would, because you've yeah. seen me before. You've seen me back. And I've been in that situation before. So. Oh, sure, yeah. It's yeah, really yeah, scary. You, yeah. Like, kind of like puking yeah. shitting scary. Like. Yeah. Like, before I... Because it's funny, because if you see the video... Um, and the video is still coming to my YouTube channel, com as soon as ScrewAttack have it for me. Um, but I, I, I still remember, you know, I saunter out, like, coolly and slowly, like a fucking pro wrestler or something. <laughs> you would not believe that, like, literally the second before that cam- uh, the, the, the curtain was pulled open, like, I was practically shaking. Practically shaking. Oh. I think you, you'll find a large majority of performers are the same. They yeah. are absolutely yeah. shitting bricks right up until the moment yeah. they go on, and then it takes within two seconds or five minutes, and the nerves are completely replaced yeah. with adrenaline. I was going to say, for me, it's it's a like a flipping of the switch. Like I, I'm never more comfortable when I'm up on a stage in front yeah. of, a, of an audience, uh, but mm. never more uncomfortable the moment before. Yeah. Yeah, like, I've, I've done talks, never on that scale, but I've done for, like, smaller places, and even then, it's like that... It's fine once you're doing it, but it is that moment of, oh, God, it's going to go terrible, and everyone's going to hate it, and it's going to be fucking shit. Oh! Jim, did, yeah, did, did you I find s- that the room being full eased off a lot of that feeling, though? It helped. It yeah, helped. It, it definitely helps, just, doesn't it? Yeah, and the energy of the, of the people there was incredible. Yeah. Like the, there was a lot of good banter. People, like the the, the total, like a moment I didn't plan for with the whole when I gave out my the prizes that I had from a trash bag that I'd drawn on, and went to put the trash bag behind the table, and someone yelled out, "Give, Give us, us the, the bag!" bag. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, dropping it in the the middle of the fucking floor in front of me, and just watching the fight. Like I don't think the camera um, is going to pick up just how violent that fight was <laughs> I, I looked at some of the clips and as far as I can tell all you see is a hand thrusting up from the scrum with a strip of the bag like it's flesh but from my perspective it was the scariest thing I'd seen there was like a there was this poor woman um, I say poor like she fucking won uh, there was this woman in rollerblades like underneath a pile of bodies and just she was just kicking them off. The scrum moved across the floor like something from Bloodborne, um, and eventually dissipated with her like clutching it. And I was, I I thought like someone's gonna get sued. Like this is gonna be a legal issue. Um, but it was it was cleared up, and she she won and brought it to the autograph session afterwards, and, and got me to write some more on it. Um, that was amazing. That was like two hours. So long, basically, highlight of people. Jim's year turning his audience into the one reborn. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh, Bloodborne talk. I just beat the the one reborn on New Game Plus this uh, couple of days ago. Nice. Um, My goodness, I found that boss harder than I should have done. It's a a, a hard boss. It's it wasn't too bad. Like I would go up and kill the the casting ladies up on the up on the roof first. 
But the problem I had was um, the the vomit yeah. of acid yeah. that kept doing far more damage to me than it should have done. Um, the trick is to always stay at its side. That's what I learned. Yeah, like stay far enough back that the front arms can't get it. Stay near those tiny little leg arm things. Yeah, those things will kick at you, but they're not too bad. That was one of the few bosses I found other players were more of a hindrance than a help. Yes, definitely. Like, you need to be able to manoeuvre how you want to. Also, drop attack's really good against that boss. Um, Just get up on that top level and drop attack. I never found the One Reborn too much of a hassle. And this is, and again, this is very much like the Gascoigne thing, where I fucked myself over. It wasn't until after I beat the One Reborn that I found the staircase up to where the witches were. (laughs) So I did the whole fight with them throwing fireballs at me. Um, And without the drop attacks... (laughs) It was because it was like, I was like, I'm sure there's a way to get up there, but I was just not interested in finding it. I'm like, I'm just, just fuck it. I'm not wandering around uh, when I could just be doing damage to this bastard. So I was just wailing on him and then afterwards found the staircase. It sounds like one of those things people do to challenge themselves. Like these videos where it's like Mm. some fucking guy just beat Dark Souls using a nose flute. Do you know? It's like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah, I... The the thing I've had more trouble with and that I was going through today was um, there's the room full of spiders shortly after that with the big, huge spider that can't get through the door. Oh, yeah. oh, that fucker. And I got to that room, and what I completely forgot is that even after you beat that room full of spiders, they respawn. They're not a boss. They don't go away when you beat them. Oh, no. So every run through, I then ended up just like running straight that. past them. But the first time I was like, okay, get him to the door, get him to the side, get my big axe out and do my swinging two-handed attack and it'll attack him through the walls and I can hurt him without being hurt. And then it didn't help because I had to fight him again next time. That, like, Fuck that, that. night, that whole nightmare of Mensa section is the worst in the whole game because not only have you got those <sighs> arsehole tooth creatures with the, when you kill them, the fucking worms come out of them. And oh god, the fucking worms that do so much bloody damage. And you've damage. got the light thing shining on you. Oh, you've the got, mother brain You've got thing. people yeah. invading you. You've got fucking those spiders. And if you run past the spiders, there's probably an invader. And there's that hunter on the bridge right after them. It's just, yeah. it lives up to its <sighs> fucking name, that level. I tell my, you. my go-to in the Nightmare of Mensis has been run past the spiders, because the big spider can't get out of that great hall. Yeah. Uh, there's a corridor leading up to the bridge with that hunter. Yeah. As soon as you are on the bridge... Uh, turn round and the spiders will try and force their way through the door and they can't get through two at a time so they end up filing through one at a time and you can just murder them as they eventually squeeze out you the door you can totally beat them easily as well by just firing um, using them and they come down one at a time yeah you can at least for the ones in front of the thing but I, I didn't want to have to faff about killing each spider one at a time I was just like fuck it I will like big <laughs> two handed swinging attack <laughs> I will I will murder them all in one fell swoop when they're running at mm. me because that's how you do it <laughs> but the nightmare of Mensis has taken up more of my day than I would like to admit mm. considering how busy I am it's like I have so much work to do uh, I could play more Annoying Blackboard fucking boss talking about Bloodborne again I can't believe it. We're talking. We're still talking about. Still Marvel. talking about I, it. It's, it's a testament to the game. <laughs> Sorry, I was, guys. Um, I, just before we move on to the the issues of the day, uh, the things that we you know usually talk about like two minutes into the podcast. Yeah. Um, I do want to uh, just give out a few shout outs from the weekend because it was a really nice weekend. Um, obviously, shout outs to, to the 
screw attack people putting me up and putting up with me and Sam especially who was kind of my contact there and helped me when the room that I was supposed to have at the hotel was booked under the wrong name and they wouldn't let me have it for a while um, shout out to Nick and Tim and Greg and Colin kind of funny who were just a joy just a joy to get to talk to those guys like I've, I've spoken to Colin many times mm. but it was it was lovely to be interviewed by him yeah. with uh, for, for kind of funny that video is up on their channel now oh yeah that that turned out really well and colin's great we need to get colin on this show I at some point because yeah. we, we need to talk to him and get him on here because yeah, we'll i think i think he'd have some fun <laughs> one of my best memories of the weekend actually was me it was me with kind of funny and rooster teeth while they were negotiating with a bus driver who was ferrying people to a vip party to get him to go out of his route to drop us off at Denny's at two in the morning in the next city over. <laughs> uh, the negotiations <laughs> fell through, but it was still, I was just sat here just, I can't believe I'm here with kind of funny uh, and rooster teeth with these negotiations for a Denny's run in a big bus. They, they are a bunch of fun. Like, I got to finally meet Greg in person at E3, and he was just abs- the, the nicest guy. He's absolutely yeah. lovely. So, like, those kind of funny boys, they are... We've joked about them before, but they're a lovely bunch of people. They're good people. And um, yeah. it was really nice to meet Diabetes, uh, one half of Rets of Prey. I uh, got to meet him very briefly. Unfortunately, I, I would have liked to have uh, hung out with him more, but I was uh, late for a, a thing and had had a guy yelling at me about singularity and Wolverine <laughs> origins and my own height for ten minutes straight. Friendly, but really really talkative and, and had five different conversations at once while I was being backed up against the wall because um, I'm too nice to try and tell people like like when I'm in a hurry so I just let myself get mobbed sometimes at cons and that kind of happened yeah. but um, it was really and that's exactly when you'll see the people that you actually wanted to talk to and it's like I'm really sorry I was talking to those people I didn't want to talk yeah. to sorry <laughs> bye uh, it's not that I didn't want to talk to them I, I honestly uh, just I, like I loved meeting so many people this weekend like everyone was so nice and and, and brought me fun things to sign for them and uh, just had really lovely things to say. But yeah, it was great to see Diabetes. Good to see uh, Team Four Star. Got to hang out with them for a bit. Um, so yeah, just 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 a really good weekend. If I've forgotten anyone, I'm really sorry. Um, oh, uh, fucking what's his face? Um, Freak Zone Games was there. Been another guy I've been talking to for a long time. He was there showing off his uh, Angry Video Game Nerd Adventures 2. Um, mm. Oh, I've... I've... Chap. I've I've done a podcast with him once for an hour or so. He's absolutely the nicest guy to chat with. First time I met him was the the Thursday uh, party, and he was off his tits, and just <laughs> just like like constantly leaning at an angle, trying to he, stay awake. He did ask us on Twitter, was he as out of it as he thinks he was? <laughs> he was. This was one of our Twitter questions this week. Was it, ask Jim, was, was I as out of it as I thought I was? It wasn't embarrassing bad. It was more like holy <laughs> shit. He look he looks like he got drunk at a party after an eight hour flight. That that's <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. It wasn't like it wasn't like he was. You weren't embarrassing yourself, mate. Uh, you were fine. You, I could just tell, like you. Like, you were exhausted and having a whale of a time? Yeah, you, you were exhausted and make, probably made ill-advised uh, alcoholic choices. Uh, but you were perfectly fine and, and you know, it seemed like he was having a great time showing the games off and everything. So, yeah, yeah just, just, a, just a beautiful weekend. And, and Gymquisition Live went fantastic. And, and, it, and, and, and I've, I know I already said it earlier in the show, but people have asked me constantly and I keep answering, Yes! It is being uploaded. I'm going to get a <laughs> recording. 
Uh, and I, I've not got it yet, but I will be uploading it to my channel, and it will be on thegymquisition.com as well. You won't is, miss it. Is this, is this the first time in a while that you've ha- done a panel where they've said they're going to record and upload the footage? No. No, I, I am well aware that... Yeah, because this is the thing I've become well aware of in the last couple of years. Conventions that say, oh yeah, we'll turn it round in a week from the convention. Doesn't always happen. Yeah, normally I would... I, I would be sceptical, but you should have seen what they had backstage. Like, I'm mm. like it was professional-grade shit. Like, yeah. these guys intended to not lose footage. This yeah. isn't going to be like when I did... The visual quality mm. was very high on the... Like, oh, yeah, the it, stream it, looked it fantastic looked when it was working for me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they had multiple cameras set up and... and a really great pair of people backstage working the the, the multiple computers yeah. and, and, and everything. Well, the, the biggest problem I've had in the past is like sometimes conventions will have fantastic setups like that that they've got outside companies in to do, and then the outside companies are sometimes less than reliable. Yeah, but, but I think these these guys. Really I, I get the feeling this was a good solid job, so it should yeah. be soon. I mean, they sort they sorted out my um because I had I'd forgot to bring my theme music. Um, and I had to have Alex email it to me, so it was on my phone. And <laughs> and it, ten minutes before I was due to go on, like we managed to get it off my phone. They managed to queue it up and like like just smoothly, like it was. So these people knew their shit, and 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 really they they, they were will be the unsung heroes of all of the footage that comes out of those panels and shows. Uh, but they they really did well, and yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it because I've seen a bit of the Q and A that someone uploaded to YouTube, but I've not seen the. I I I, want, I just want to see myself walk out to my own music looking cool, um, and I'll looking like a badass walking on on your sort of wrestling <laughs> your wrestling entrance. Yeah, uh, that's that's what I live for is to rewatch those bits. Uh, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing it myself as much as anyone else. So yeah, that'll be a thing. Awesome weekend. Thank you, everyone. I've been exhausted this week catching up and trying to get everything done uh, that I may have missed, but it's it's been worth it. And we will do it next year, and I'm confident enough that, that this is something I could do a bit more of. And one day, and please don't take this as a promise, listeners. Please don't take this as a promise. This is just something I'd like to do. Uh, I w- could imagine feasibly doing like a two-hour show that would be an hour gymquisition show back-to-back with a podquisition, like, in London somewhere, uh, if, if you guys were up for it. Like, that's something I'd we could very do. much be up for that if we could make it happen. Yeah, so no promises, no nothing. I do know that I've got a definite need to be in the UK in September 2016. I know that's some, something I definitely, because an old friend of mine is getting married and I'm going to be the best man. Um, so there is... I will definitely be back in England around that time, so... We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully this show won't have imploded on itself in the next, you know, have a... Oh, yeah, what's yeah. It, 13 months. I could be you know, dead 13 months. Then. Yeah, 13, 13 months from now, Gav could have decided, no, I'm fed up with, you know, being mistreated and, ma- like, manhandled <laughs> on the show. I could have thrown a diva strop and been like, no, we are not talking about butts enough. This needs to be an hour and a half of butts every week. And Jim could have been like, no, no, I'm making a million a month on Patreon now. Fuck this. I'm going to go live on the moon. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> All of that could happen. We could have a Gavin Tantrum, a Laura Butts episode, or Jim on the Moon. So, barring those things, those those are the only three things in our way. Um, if we get through all those, then that's something I would be looking into for uh, for, for next year. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I return more confident in my own stuff and more confident in in the ability and scope of what we can do. So. 
that's good. We did also we did also overlook the fact that people might have stopped caring about this show in in thirteen months' time. But yeah. let's not think about let's not dwell yeah, on that's, that one. That's practically science fiction, Laura. <laughs> oh, of course not. You know there is no more popular show than this, and it is only getting more popular by the fucking yeah. day. It actually, I so, mean, it kind of. The popularity's really held held firm. Like it's still the most popular podcast I've certainly ever done, and I'm I'm still thrilled. I I am still slightly scared by how popular this show is. <laughs> it's definitely the most popular podcast I've ever done. I mean, it's the only one, but you know, let's not uh, you know split hairs. Here. I, I think. It- I think at my peak, like, there was one podcast I was doing before this that had a string of really good guests on for about six weeks, and we were getting maybe a thousand downloads a week for six weeks, and then as soon as we stopped getting the good guests, it tailed off. And then I jumped up to this, and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and we, we've only had Lorne Lanning as a, as a big high-profile guest so far, so yeah. we're doing all right. And we, we, we're doing all right. We should, do, we should get some more on soon. Um, well, there's there's a couple of people that I need to mention to you after this that have um, some fans this week have been tweeting people saying you should come be a guest, oh, and certain people have messaged back saying yeah I'd be up for that. So we have some people of note who are interested. Okay then. <laughs> so I'll mention these after the show. Awesome. Um, that that Donald Trump impression like legitimately cured my hiccups. Is it Donald Trump by the way, <laughs> the person who wanted to be a guest? Yes, it's Donald yeah. Trump, but he doesn't. He he just sent me an email during recording. I don't know how he heard this. Um, maybe something to do with the NSA or something. But he's like, no, I don't want to be on now. If Jim's gonna make fun of me, I'm not fucking coming on. <laughs> That's exactly he. And he wrote that out in an email. Like you can actually hear him enunciating. In, um, actually, I better not do it again in case it brings the hiccups back. Trump, so. Trump was like, you know what? I can take. I can take threats from like Mexico, Mexican cartel lords who have escaped from jail, but if Jim's gonna mock me, no fucking way. It's like I'll take I'll take mocking from immigrants, but I won't take mocking from Jim, one of these true Americans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he probably would say that. Um, anyway, you should like you should do a panel with him and like come out to like the tunes of "I am a real American." <laughs> So, video game yes. news. Video game stuff. What's been going video, on? Video game stuff. Um, I, I, I'm kind of excited about a piece of news that's happened. Um, so, you know Peter Molyneux Studio, 22 Cans? Yeah. They have a new CEO that's not Peter Molyneux who used the words Peter Molyneux fucked up to describe the state of 22 Cans through the Goddess Kickstarter. Wow. He used the fr- like the new CEO of that company used the phrase, yeah, Peter Molyneux fucked up. Well, he was, um, because um, I know this has been, the way it's been reported's made it sound a little harsher than it is. It, yeah, it's not quite that yeah. harsh. I mean, but... he was basically <laughs> recounting what he told Peter Molyneux to his face, I think, wasn't it? Like, yeah. he was saying, he he was quoting himself as saying to Peter, like, dude, you fucked up. Yeah, Peter, you but fucked hasn't up. Even, yeah. hasn't even Peter Molyneux acknowledged that Peter Molyneux fucked up? He does every time, though, so no one believes that he believes that's, it. That's the thing. Like, back when he was doing those interviews, his... And to his credit, those, like, oh, these are the last interviews I'm ever doing, he hasn't done any press since then, and he's got someone else in his place to talk for him. Oh, true. So that's that's something to his credit. But, like, seeing someone acknowledge, like, yeah, I told him he fucked up, and be that blunt about it, and it not being Molyneux who's be using those phrasings... I was like, oh, this actually gives me some faith for this company. That being said, they still haven't fixed any of the things in Goddess that um, they hadn't fixed back in January, and they have no timetable or plan for when those things are going to be fixed. 
but you know, he said that Peter Molyneux fucked up, so we're allowed to say that on the show now, and it's not slander, because a CEO at his company said it, so we're allowed to make fun of Peter Molyneux now. Exactly. It's, it, and that's it completely above board. All's yeah. So, yeah, Peter Molyneux, eat your fucking peas and make a video game and actually do the video game. Yeah, yeah, pea eater. Uh. <laughs> uh. Um, in, in other news we had about, like, stuff that's being fixed but not being fixed enough. Uh, next month, Batman Arkham Knight is getting a PC patch. It's going to be a big patch. It's not going to be a big enough patch to put the game back on sale yet. So, you know... It's like, I'm well, those of, those, of, <laughs> those of you who've got the game and it's not running, you know, this will fix it for the people who it's already working for and make it better for them. Not going to fix it for you, sorry. Yeah, sorry about that season pass you bought, everyone. Yeah, Fuck we'll, we'll get round to it eventually. Fucking what, just, what, shower of sh- shower of gobshites. <sighs> speaking, that's, of, um, that's yeah. speaking of Batman, keep your ears open in the near future. Hint, hint, unsubtle. Uh, uh, something something keep keep your eyes open too i i i helped in some regard in a thing oh god you've not been shooting batman pawns have you yeah i've been shooting batman pawns to give to gavin to do something to widen my broaden my horizons (laughs) yeah of course um you you had no idea that he could fit that many batarangs inside his anus (laughs) (laughs) and they're sharp as well and he took it like a man like i thought it would be like a one man one jar situation but no the batarangs stayed up there in the games, he has a very tight butt. I mean, you know, you wouldn't swipe a credit card between those cheeks. Yeah. Well, the trick to inserting multiple batarangs up your anus is to not do it one by one, because that seems like the easy thing to do, because you can, like, just one by one, like, increase that girth. But the problem is, is that they're very sharp and that you're, yeah. you know, you're, you're having the problem of the blade every time. You stick loads of them together. It's a larger object. You're not having to deal with the blade issue if repeatedly. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, just go all at once, go all in, you're going to get a better yeah. get a better response out of bat- batterings up your yeah, anus. That's, that's a good move, because honestly, like, your first instinct might be to cork it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to stick a battering mm. up myself, stick a cork on the end of each of the wings. But what happens when you pull it out? You've got a cork stuck up, stuck up your ass. Like, that's not good. Unless you then duct tape the cork to the end of the batarang and at that point are you really putting batarangs up your ass if you're putting cork laden yeah. masking tape wrapped batarangs that, that takes all of the excitement out of sticking a batarang up your ass and at, the, at that point honestly you're turning a batarang up your ass into a chore not a pleasure yeah. as, it's, bat it's gadgets not, go, yeah. as bat gadgets go though for sex stuff I think the, the bat gel could be an interesting one because you can use it as lube and then, because it's so volatile, you've got that whole kind of um, risk reward thing going on. Yeah, you know. And then you yeah, just I like you the press idea the detonator when you come, and then you've just yeah. got the explosive finish. Like yeah. imagine cream pie. <laughs> I can't go on. It's just yeah, it's like, well, hey, David well, you Carradine, do, you think you went out in style? Watch this. <laughs> Well, you don't you don't use just the raw stuff. You do like you do a mixture of like three parts Vaseline to one part bat gel. Because then like you've still got like the lubrication, but when you detonate it, it's not gonna blow your ass clean off. It's, it's a just spicy gonna, you know, sensation. Yeah, it's just like it feels like you've had a sudden blast of like chili burrito. Yeah. You could but like sell it, sell it as a product, like have the type yeah. and batter your My bat advice bus. My <laughs> advice to the person doing the dispensing in that arrangement though, step back. Yeah. <laughs> just step to the side, actually, and put some put some tarp down. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, but isn't that good advice for like any kind of bat sex? Because you know, yeah. I imagine if Batman's having sex, you're gonna need I, some tops I don't, down. It's gonna be adventurous. I don't think Batman's ever had sex, guys. I, I, he's way I too wound so. up. So. To, for well, s- how do you think the man bat came to exist? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he's a kinky fucker. Yeah. Like I reckon he's been to some meats. You know, I, I reckon you I see him at a munch in a Wendy's or something, and then you know, like the next Sunday night or whatever, he's there with the electrodes and the fucking, you know, age players and all of that stuff. I reckon he's well into it, and I'm good for him. Mm. I think there should be more visible, visible kink in in video game themed. Not not just the not the comics specifically. Video game comic book licenses should be sp- centered around BDSM and uh, 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 other significant kink <laughs> well, areas. You, you know how that how Iron Man in the Iron Man films, like in the second one, he's got his room full of different Iron Man suits. Yeah. I think that Batman has a similar thing, but like one of his variant suits he has is for himself. It's crotchless. And it is, it's crotchless and there is like no mouth opening, no eye opening. There's a zip where the mouth should be. Um, There's tassels and like loops on his bat nipples. Bat gimp. You know. Yeah, he's he's bat gimp. (laughs) Anyway, that went somewhere. (laughs) I went somewhere somewhere kind of unexpected, but kind of expected. I was about to say Scatwoman, but I'll leave that for another episode. Scatwoman. <laughs> well, why leave it? Why leave the man out? Bruce could be Scatman if he wants. That's you can true. Do it bump it's true. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, well, how do you think Clayface got started? Ew. Oh well, Robin could be Norbin. He's he's Norbin, Norbin. now. Of course he could. Of course he could. <laughs> <laughs> Commissioner Hardon. <laughs> <laughs> the poker. Oh god. <laughs> Poofet. <laughs> Mr. T's. <laughs> we could do two facial as well. That, that could yeah, be a, two facial. Another one. <laughs> oh, I thought the joke had ended and it just got so much better. Oh, the scare blow. The piddler. <laughs> The man twatter. <laughs> um, Oracle could be Orifice. Yeah. Oracle, yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Uh, not? So, other video game news. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So I've, I've been excited to talk about this on the podcast because I don't know if we brought up this particular social media account yet that I had an interaction with this week. Um, have we talked about the Sonic the Hedgehog official Twitter account? I don't think we have, but I, if we've not, then then shame on us. Yeah, I think is, we need to mention it at some point. It's amazing so, performance art. Yeah, basically the Sonic the Hedgehog official Twitter account has become something of a weird spectacle where... The best I can tell is some, they have some new PR person involved who is very aware of how much of a joke Sonic has become and is very much embracing that. Um, Like he will tweet out links to like terrible Sonic fan fiction. Um, He'll make references about not related to Sonic let's plays that YouTubers are doing. It's getting really weird. Like this week we had a YouTube video go up on the official Sonic account that had Shia LaBeouf 
like green screened into the ending of Sonic Generations, oh, I, trying yeah. to cheer Sonic into getting back up. Um, it's getting really bizarre. It's called so... me out before. Like it's it's made fun of me about threatening to send more giant posters to my house and stuff. It's it referenced Chris Chan even. Like that's the first time oh. anyone like connected to Sega's ever referenced yeah, that it, stuff. It acknowledged Sonic Chew. Yeah. Which is a Sonic Pikachu hybrid, if you will believe it. But yeah, I had a run-in with him this week because when the YouTube account um, put up the video with Shia LaBeouf in it, I was like, okay, Destructoid haven't really acknowledged this yet, so I'm going to put a post up. And my post was like, I don't know what to make of this Twitter account, and I'll read out what I what I put as my like opening to it, which was, I really can't decide if the person running all of the social media accounts for Sonic the Hedgehog is a calculated PR mastermind using PR uh, using bizarre and weird internet culture to perfection an out-of-touch businessman who thinks he's sincerely hip, or a young child with the keys to something he shouldn't have. And I got a tweet that screen-capped that from Sonic the Hedgehog that just said, Dear Laura K. Buzz, it's the latter. Most definitely the latter. (laughs) So Sonic the Hedgehog acknowledged to me that he is a child running around with the keys to something he shouldn't have. And I got like 2,000 notifications in a night out of that because... That Twitter account's fucking amazing and that weird. Be something else, yeah. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> check it out. I think it's it's just is it Sonic underscore Hedgehog or? Uh, just a sec, I can find out. I think it's got like a load of underscores in it, but it is a verified account. One second. Where's where's where is it? Um, yeah, Sonic underscore Hedgehog. Yeah, well worth checking out because it's just it's incredible. Um, so yeah, yeah, that that's fun. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. Um, I played Rocket League. Oh, how's Rocket League? Fucking brilliant. Rocket League is fucking brilliant. It's like I, I watched a lot of it being played, and I'm like, that's really fun to watch. I bet I'll have not as great a time playing it, and I was I was fucking wrong. Like it's it's two things I generally don't seek out in games, like sports and cars. Usually, if there's a twist on either one, I'll check it out and I might like it. But this is just, like, the twist is that they're just thrown together in this perfectly simple, elegant way, where you are just a bunch of fucking cars kicking a football around, and it's it works so fucking beautifully. Like, I, I've, I've only played a few matches so far, and yet I've fallen completely in love with it. Um, I don't know if it's still free now, but it has been free all this past week on, on PS Plus. And if you've got PS Plus, like it's it's a must get. Like it's really really sublime. Uh, got a video up of it on my, uh, on my YouTube channel. Um, highly recommend people check it out because it's just wow. And yeah, I don't I don't often give endorsements that that heavy. So. Oh, that's yeah. a very pleasant kind, thing to hear. Hooray. Kind of the opposite of what Movie Bob recently did to Pixels. I was just thinking oh, of that. God. That was the best review. Which, <laughs> to be fair, did anyone expect that that film to get better reviews than Movie Bob's review? Oh, absolutely not. You know, I don't think anyone expected the the, the film to be good at all. Uh, but just his Speaking like what I that. didn't expect was just Bob's 
attitude. Like I said on Twitter, like he's channeling Am from I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Like the level of hate is something even I was taken well, aback by. It was I, glorious. I have some disdain for that film. Um, like even off the first trailer, like the first thing that was like, I am not in a good mood with this film. Well, first of all, Adam Sandler's in it. That's not a good sign um, at this point. But um, it's the moment where they have like, oh, and here's the creator of Pac-Man. And I was like, oh, that's quite cool that they got the creator of Pac-Man to be in this film that's about Pac-Man. No, that's that's not the creator of Pac-Man. It's just an Asian man that they're like, oh, no one will know it's not him. Wow. And you, yeah, so the whole thing where it's like, oh, it's the creator of Pac-Man trying to, you know, connect with evil Pac-Man that's shown off in the first trailer. And then, oh, no, he gets his hand bitten off and he's swearing at Pac-Man about how stupid Pac-Man is. It's like, that's amusing if that's actually the creator of Pac-Man. If that's just an Asian guy you got in, that comes off as, I don't like that. Yeah, that, that's... <laughs> if it's just some actor. That's cynicism at its hardest. Mm. Yeah. And, like, everything I've seen on that film since then has just been in a similar vein of, like, yeah, where Wreck-It Ralph was, like, a sincere celebration of what makes video games great, this was, well, if we put video games in it, then people will see it. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm not... I will not watch that. You know, there, there was one comment that kept popping up on Bob's review, and it was, well, what did you expect? And it really annoys me, this comment, because, like, you do realise this is his job to tell you what he yeah. thinks of the movie. It doesn't matter what he expects. His job is to tell you he's a critic. So what did you expect? He probably expected it to be shit, and it was shit, but he's telling you about it because he's a critic. That's his job. Yeah. What did I mean, you it's, expect it's, is the most redundant thing to ask someone who's a critic? It's it's often a redundant thing to ask anyone. Yeah. Like, it, it in many situations, someone will smugly, glibly say, well, what, did what did you, you expect? expect? As if they're, uh, you know... As, as if, if they're so clever as if and that somehow invalidates your criticism of it yeah like they they would never fall into that trap yeah. Yeah. No, ho, ho. it's like even even if it looks like it's obviously going to be bad we still need critics to be like because sometimes films look terrible and then they come out and it's like oh that was surprisingly like an yeah. amazing film that was shittily advertised yeah. so it's like you it's know like, you if, need if critics I, to go in and be like yeah it I, looks shit but i'll give it a go like I, oh no it was shit i'll punch you in the face and you're like, oh, that really fucking hurt. What the hell? I'm like, it was a punch. What did you expect? Yeah. You know, uh, um, and then someone was like, you know, do you need Movie Bob to tell you the, the film is shit? It's, like, it's not about need. It's about want. I yeah. want to like, be told that it's honestly, shit. Honestly, like, I video, want confirmation that it's shit, but equally I want to see Bob, him confirm Bob's it. Bob's video is quite a cathartic experience. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah it was, I like this it was, rage. Beautifully orchestrated hate, and yeah. and it was you know hate can be hate can be beautiful at times, and that was an example of beautiful hate. Bob Bob uh, just so. turned heavy metal into a, a critique. It's what he did. He took all that rage <laughs> and channeled it into something beautiful. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, yeah, that that review was was a review. Yeah. Um, That's so what the else closest I'll ever get to seeing pixels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I might pirate it to skip through. Um that might be a fun film to do like a drunken film commentary on or something. Even the very the special effects fun. were very unpleasant to look at. It was it was that weird kind of special effects where it's hard to focus on any point of it because it's so busy and messy. Mm. It was interesting. Yeah. We'll see. Um so what else did we have on the topic list? Um a couple of short things. Uh the Wii U version of Project Cars got cancelled. Um Everyone's known that's yeah, coming yeah. for ages, but like, it's one of the like the first versions they showed off on their Kickstarter, and it wasn't just stretch goal; it was one of the main aims of the Kickstarter. And they're just like, 
nope, not going to happen. And what and got me was they were really not all that nice about it either, the announcement, when people expressed their distaste. It was like, they were kind of arsy in their... Yeah, they were very sort of like, why, why do you like this console that's like technically shit? was their sort of attitude. It was like, well, why didn't you get a decent console? And it's like, well, no, you promised us a version of this console. We like this console. What, is there no way that you can get a version out? Yeah. It's and like, <sighs> when, when you're eroding the trust of crowdfunding, you're in no position to start making judgment calls. on. They should just put choices. up a thing on the page that says, what did you expect? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's I, I suspected this was coming for a little while because um they've already launched a crowdfunding campaign for Project Cars 2 and when that got announced my first thing I said was this feels like a really dickish thing to do because the Wii U version of the, the game that was funded in the first crowdfunding campaign still isn't out. Yeah. Well and they've said for I was a like, while. Yeah. They've said they were having troubles with it and I was like okay they're going to downgrade it in some significant ways but it'll still come out I'm sure. And then the the Project Cars 2 crowdfunding started, and I was like, we're never going to see it, are we? Yeah, because I think they confirmed they, they weren't bothering with the Wii U uh, version a while back, but the, it's kicked up again now thanks to the, the other crowdfunding, which at this point does kind of look insulting, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And it's like, so. I just, I wouldn't... Like, if you, if you, if you can't make good on your promises in your first one, I, I, even if you can't... But if you're, like, if you're honest about not being able to make good on the promises and are not a dick about it, then yeah. I could see like, it. If, but if you were like, hey, we can't make it to the level that we wanted, it's not going to be on parity with the other consoles. We launched the kit of crowdfunding campaign around the launch of the console. We didn't have accurate spec ideas. Uh, you know, sincerely, we have tried to get it running. We can get it running, but it's not going to be the same experience. You're going to have a pared down version, but you will still get a version. That I'd have, you know, rec- I'd have, I'd have respected that. But this was just fuck off. We're getting more money now from the people that have cool consoles. Yeah. Yeah. It's just at that point, it's like you know what, you've you've lost me for any of your crowdfunding stuff. If you're going to ask for money up front for something like, I'm certainly not going to contribute or promote you. So. Yeah. So we we have two other very short bits and then we can get on to some questions if we've got time. Um, uh, There's now going to be women on the box art for FIFA in in Canada, North America and Australia. Not in England. England's only going to have whatever the fucking footballer's name is. Um, I forget which one. One of the famous ones. One of those ones. Yeah, one of those ones. But um, no, in North America, Canada and Australia, they're going to have North American, Canadian and Australian women's World Cup team uh, members on the box art. This is an outrage. Oh, we're never going to have a good game again. Uh, was um, anyone actually pissed off about this? Because I generally saw a positive, positive reaction. I, I, I don't know. I, I just wanted to do a, yeah. uh, <laughs> an outrage. A mighty Bush impersonation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen nothing but good yeah. responses on this. And I'm like, that's oh, well, good. that's... Isn't you know, soccer... Um, Yes, I know football for our European followers. I'm just calling it soccer for the benefit of our American friends. It is soccer. Isn't it? It's isn't called it, soccer. Isn't the women's called... soccer generally kind of more popular in the States than the men's at this stage? Or is that... Um, generally, yes. And America did yeah. really, really well in the most recent like, uh, Women's World Cup. That and that suddenly got them really excited. Because if there's one country that it. doesn't need more soccer moms... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm really happy that, like... Even if England isn't getting there yet, yeah. I'm like, oh, America's actually getting somewhere with, you know, women's 
football. And I'm going to call it football because I made a rant about this because, you know, UK editor at Destructoid, I'm allowed to make shout about UK stuff. I had to write about this story and I was very much like, okay, you have two sports. One of them, you hold the ball. One of them, you interact with the ball using your foot. Which one are you going to call football? Well, I mean... I think with with football, soccer, it's okay to use either. I don't think either word is wrong. You know. No, I think it's football. Yeah. I think I think <laughs> I think this is the, the this is where the British patriot comes out now yeah. with Laura. <laughs> yeah, it's it's football and American football. You can call it American football, and we'll be like, yeah, it's American football because it's like football, but that you don't. It's like the stupid version where you don't use your foot on the ball. Well, we, we, Alan Partridge like, called it we, futuristic rugby. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rugby man. for wusses. It's rugby for wusses who need to have armour on to protect themselves from, like, getting teeth knocked out. It's like, no, if you want to play American football, play rugby. We call our one Gaelic football. And then that just, it either gets abbreviated to GAA, which is like GA, people say, or they say just Gaelic. Let's go play Gaelic. Let's go play gay. Gaelic, you know. The joke's in the name, and then the last last little bit of news we've got to get out of the way is um, Shenmue 3's Kickstarter's done. Um, it broke the records for, like, it's the most highly funded video game Kickstarter project ever with $6.5 million. That being said, it didn't even... It, it only got, like, halfway to its $11 million goal for the true experience that you're really going to want. I know. And, like, that's, <sighs> like, that's one... My big worry about that is that is so triple A. That is so triple-A mm. game industry that we're now looking at something that broke records, made $6 million in crowdfunding. But, but wasn't successful enough. And is still like going to be viewed as some sort of metric for yeah, failure. It, it was the most successful video game on Kickstarter ever, and it's still not as successful yeah. as it wanted to be. And there and are fans that have been <sighs> unhappy about it. Like, like this, thing, this thing did what until now was literally the impossible... And there are people upset because because the game has failed to become even well, more impossible. And that is you, that is triple A fucking game industry yeah. horning in. The way on Sony presented in a nutshell. the way Sony presented that game felt very off. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna have it up on the stage and show it off and all this, surely that isn't that much of money to Sony to fund us. You know, I mean. Well, yeah, exactly. And there's even weirder things going on still because, like. You know what my big takeaway from hearing this news was? I reckon when this game comes out, it's going to be a disappointment. I think that is fairly certain. I think a lot and of people are predicting it, yeah. You know what the best part of that is? Is that when it's a, it's like a financial or critical or fan failure, they can turn around and say, well, if you'd funded it fully, like we asked you to, it would have been good. It's your fault for not giving us enough money. It's not our fault for... You know all of our problems. P- P.S. Here's a campaign. Final Fantasy VII Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I yeah. really wouldn't. That game but is. There's the no whole... fucking way it's going to live up to what people think it's going to be. <laughs> and I, you, and you know, I'm far from cynical. I'm the most optimistic person when it comes to this stuff. But I really feel for fans of that franchise because I feel like they're about to get like. Flagellated, I, I, meant like, like emotionally flagellated. You, you know what's going to happen? Five years from now, they are going to be the Beyond Good and Evil fans. They are going to be the ones being like, where the fuck is Final Fantasy VII Remake? And Honestly, it'll I, be like, we saw a trailer, it exists, and they'll be like, oh, it's coming. Oh, wait, no, we took the people off the project. Oh, here's some teaser art. Oh, no, we'll get a trailer next time. Oh, I, they can do that for as long as they want, because as I've said before... Um, 
it's not it's not the square enix you're thinking of it's not the square soft you're thinking of making this it's it's square enix of today doing yeah. it. and honestly they can take a running fucking jump as far as i'm concerned i do not ex- i never expect quality from square enix anymore i am hesitant to expect quality really? i really enjoyed them both Tomb Raider and oh, you mean the developer as opposed to the publisher? The the developer as opposed to, to the publisher. Square Enix as a uh, you know the, as well, as an uh, RPG specifically developer. Specifically, their Final Fantasy department. I just well I the the Final Fantasy slash Kingdom Hearts yeah, department. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, that, I, I that don't bullshit. trust them. I mean, to I wouldn't be the biggest Final Fantasy products. head in the first place. Like Seven was the only one that I played for any great deal of time. But I tried. What was the last one? Was it thirteen or fourteen or? The one um, with the girl with was the, the, MMO, the pink hair. Um, it was it was one of the three thirteen yeah, games. There was thirteen, thirteen two, and thirteen lightning returns. It was just off. Like I, I, I was like, people enjoy this. It was awful. It was you know so boring. I got, I got so much shit back in the day for the uh, slagging that game off. Really? And history made me fucking right on it. Yahtzee. History I, made you, me fucking. Do you remember I, Yahtzee's I review? <laughs> he got so much shit because he didn't. He stopped playing it after five hours and said, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got I shit for the same thing. It's like, oh, Jim never beat the game. Jim never beat the game. It's like, no, no. I, I played thir- more than 30 fucking hours of it, right? I've seen the ending because I was practically there. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not wasting more of my fucking life on this shit. <laughs> if it suddenly magically gets better after 30 fucking hours, you know what I'll do? I will eat a corpse. I will I will dig up a corpse and I will eat it with a <clears throat> knife and fucking fork. If Final Fantasy fucking 13 is suddenly you know, better if I beat it, if I see the end credits. No, I, re- I don't have to do that. This, this is when I'm going to be really like contrarian and say that I really like the first Final Fantasy 13. I don't like either of the sequels. But as a fan of narrative-focused linear experiences that are very long, very Japanese, very over the top in their presentation, and that have like very grand scale on their like monster design. I really enjoyed that as a sort of mindless that's mash funny. through this grand scale, that's, beautiful looking thing. That's but you're allowed to like it. Like yeah. it's fine. I don't I'm, care. I, I know I'm allowed to like it, it but <laughs> it's one of those every anytime I say I like it, people are like, I, I no longer trust your judgment in games taste. Yeah, I'm like, well, you know... People who judge your taste and say, oh, I don't trust your taste because you like something that they don't like. Like, that's worse than when people... When people are angry about you disliking a game, uh, that's annoying. It's worse when they're angry at you for liking a game and they start judging you on that. I'm like, you elitist gatekeeping, jumped-up, arrogant piece of shit. You're more arrogant than arrogant Pete. You are a fuckwad, and you should (laughs) fuck off. And Square Enix (laughs) is a big dump... So is it time for questions now? Yes. We've got some time for some questions. Yeah. Um, Gavin, do you want to pick a question out first? Because I know you picked a couple of questions this week that you liked. Or where's our little Facebook chat where we were sharing? Um, they're all in the Skype chat if you want to see them in there. Oh. Do, 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 do. Sorry, I'm just scrolling up. And I'm on the wrong... That's fine, I'll, I'll, I'll edit around. The wrong That's all right, chat. I'll edit around this. <laughs> oh yeah, this was a really good one. Uh, from Joshua, what game do you guys consider the most perfectly balanced in terms of difficulty escalation? Mm. As in, like, no spikes in difficulty, it's just a very gradual yeah, curve I think of... probably that's why. 
Okay. Mm, interesting question. Did you have an answer for this, Gavin? Um, I didn't think about it yet. Let me think about it for a minute. <laughs> this, is, this is why I ask you questions, because I hope that you've got an answer prepared for the questions you I, like, so I've got time to think about mine. When I, when I talk about... I mean, well, we were just talking about Final Fantasy, and in terms of... Because RPGs, JRPGs in particular, can have walls that you need to grind for. Uh, but I always felt like Final Fantasy IX had this really nice uh, difficulty curve where you were levelling up consistently with what's going on. Outside of maybe that first fight where you're Zidane on his own against mm. the uh, Black Waltz, uh, which is a little bit arsy. Um, otherwise, the, the I just always felt like I never had to grind with Final Fantasy IX. Like it was always just... I was growing with the game, mm. and I always thought that was really nice design. Uh, Wolfenstein uh, had a very good difficulty curve, I found, the recent one. Um, what else? I, I generally feel like the Legend of Zelda series is pretty pretty great at that in terms yeah. of... like It never has difficulty spikes. It's always a very gradual curve of, here's some new challenges, okay, here's a boss that's more difficult than the last, but not significantly, and then by the end you've got this huge fuck-off boss battle, and it's like... Oh, that gradually built up to this moment of epic scope. So I like that. Yeah, that's, that, that is a good choice. Damn, I had another one and now I can't fucking find what it was. Oh, well. I'll... That's all right. While you're thinking, um, it, this is not a game that starts easy, but if you are okay with it at the start, it's, it's, um, lev- it's like difficulty curve is really smooth, is the first Bayonetta. Mm. Oh. It is a difficult game to get into mm. at first, but the first Bayonetta has a really nice difficulty I, curve once you... Get into That's it. so funny that you mentioned that, Laura, because that is what I thought of earlier when they asked the question: Was Bayonetta two was actually the one I thought of? But there you go. Mm, Bayonetta, yeah, Bayonetta two actually yeah. is really good in that regard yeah. as well. Like, if you've beaten the first Bayonetta, like, and you're at that point, yeah. the gradation from like the end of Bayonetta one into the beginning of Bayonetta two and through that game is really solid. Um, and both both um, both Portal and Half Life also have very clever difficulty curves. <gasps> Mm. Portal Portal in particular is introducing their mechanics yeah Portal is spectacular in that regard I think it's one of the best Um, so yeah woo that's some answers Um, we've we've got another question from uh, Amelia Varblood who we had a question from last week Um, which franchise's Twitter account would you like to see have a Sonic the Hedgehog treatment and how would you go about Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter accounting it so I would like to take control of Let's say the Konami Twitter account. Oh, <laughs> that was going to be Jim's one. Because <laughs> all I want is for them to start being as cryptic and obtuse about, um, about Kojima as he used to be about all the things he did and to cryptically imply that he might be coming back or to like drop hints that don't actually mean anything. So I would be like, um, if you erase all of the uh, Metal Gear Solid logos in the Ground Zero demo... You'll see what's going on with us. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Um, oh, excuse me. They, maybe I would just tweet out, like, I would use it to tweet out, like, spoilers for things that don't exist. I'd be like, if you've still got PT, there's a hidden ending that no one's found. If you find it, we'll give you a million bucks. Doesn't exist. <laughs> like, I would just I would just be like, right, okay, fuck it. We're going to take all of those things that we're ruining and we're just going to tease you with like cryptic things that mean nothing. <laughs> so I was going to be a bit more specific and just have um, a Twitter account for specifically Silent Hill that just ev- like once a day, every day at the same time of day, just tweets sorry. 
Um, I, I would very much like to have one for um, for Metal Gear Solid Five that tries to do daily tweets, trying to summarize the events of Metal Gear Solid one tweet a day, <laughs> and just it's going to explain the entire canon one tweet at a time, day by day. That's brilliant. Uh, I'd like to do Xboxes. I'd love to have Xboxes and just just start sending like ra- to random celebrities, like like vaguely threatening calls to drink Mountain Dew and eat Doritos. Just I, just like hitting up like uh, Amelia Estevez or someone. Just be like, you you fucking eat these. Get these Doritos down your fucking throat, bro. What are you scared? I, I I would like the From Software account, and all it would be is like screams of death. Just all of yeah. the tweets would be like, ah! What about you, Gavin? Do you have any that we haven't already stolen? No, I don't really have an answer for this one. But I did think of a great example of difficulty curve. Oh, what's your example of difficulty curve? Resident Evil 4. Perfectly, mm. perfectly yes. finely tuned difficulty curve. That is really, really fantastic, actually. Actually, that, well game, that game had perfect examples of a lot of things. Yeah, that is a very, very good video game. For shooters, not Mm. just last generation, but coming into this one now. Like, Mm. the stuff it came up with just stood the test of time, I think. But also, if I I would have Telltale's account and tweet dick pics every day, (laughs) just just throwing that out. Well, no, if you're going to tweet out dick pics, you have to at least put, like, um, the little Telltale captions in the top corner. So it's like, my dick will remember this. Jessica's Jessica's anus will remember that. Dear, um, dear Esther had a great difficulty curve as well. There were there were no particular. I was very curious where you were, were going no with Dear Esther in response to in anus rem- memory. <laughs> I didn't know where anus memory and um, and Dear Esther were going to connect there. But well, when okay. I think of Dear Esther, I always think of a big arsehole. So yeah, yeah that remembers things. Um, so other questions we've had. Um, Andrew Davis wanted to ask, if we could combine into a Voltron-esque super robot, which parts or roles would we each be? I call dick! I call butt. I call voice. So we are just a head dick and butt. It's just a big dick butt. (laughs) With a a voice. voice. Oh my god, we can be dick butt. If it's a dick butt, is the voice going to come out of the dick or the butt? Or both at once? Have have you ever seen the, 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 the image... Have you ever seen the image of the anthropomorphized dick butt? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the? Yes, yeah, we can. That we can be pops dick up butt everywhere. We will yeah. be a Voltron of dick butt. Gavin can be the face. I will be the butt. Jim will be the dick. It'll be awesome. awesome. I still haven't we, seen we, that we, fucking movie, <laughs> the new Avengers one. I just. <laughs> yeah, the I new Avengers. I thought there was going to be a dick butt. No. <laughs> Is there a dick butt movie I've not heard about? People kill me for this. I've not seen Age of Ultron either. People kill me for I, this, I'm but I'm just, I find, you know, this, they're so just oversaturated, all these events. I can't keep up with how many fucking Thor mm. and Iron Man and Captain America movies there are, and it's like, Ant-Man there's so guess, many uh, of well, them. Sh- short short uh, thoughts on Ant-Man. I saw Ant-Man this week. It is my favourite standalone um, Marvel film. Oh. Cool. Like I prefer it to Guardians mm. of the Galaxy. Oh wow! Wow! Um, like I think it is a very well paced um, sort of comedy heist film yeah. that is very much grounded in a single individual who is flawed in the ways that they don't usually let their superheroes be flawed in their introductions. Um, his aims of what he's trying to get and what he's afraid of are very grounded and very relatable, and. By they got over the whole problem of like the big expansion of the Avengers in scope 
by because of the fact that this guy's superpower is to become tiny you are able to take small understandable moments like hey here's two men with guns guarding a door and make that into a huge scale action moment and it allows them to not have to be destroying the planet every single time to get a like a yeah. a moment of big scale that they are able to shrink it down so that like small events feel huge in their scope mm. and they did a really bloody good job with that film. I had a lot of fun watching awesome. it. Ooh, I'm looking I might to check it out. So, yeah. I, get, just, I, I was very Do you ever find that, that you, like, you get bored of so many superhero movies, though? It's like, there's there's so many of them now. And I, I can appreciate that. Like, like I, Batman and Superman just... <laughs> ugh. I yeah, saw the trailer. It's like, I don't know. But besides that, did Ben you, Affleck... Stuff like, isn't ben Affleck doesn't look angry. He looks constipated. The, the one thing of all these superhero trailers that came out recently that I was actually kind of pleased about, which was we didn't see much of it, but um, Jared, Leto's, Jared Leto's Joker at the end of the Suicide Squad trailer. Um, generally, that trailer is like far too grim dark. Um, the source material was a lot more sort of lighthearted and levity with its uh, dark comedy. But what we like, I don't like Jared Leto as an actor. I have some serious problems with him, but I'm not going to deny that the snippet of his Joker we got, I was like, that kind of sold me. His I, laugh was good. Yeah, I for a second laugh. or two, I forgot that you had damage written on your forehead because you were doing some really bloody good acting and I'm not your acting distracted me from the forehead tattoo. I'm not at all convinced about that. I, I don't know. I, Is it set in the same universe uh, as um, the Batman, Batman and v Superman, Superman movie? I think they're, they're yeah. desperately trying to do their own version of what Marvel's been doing. Yeah, they're trying to okay, rush so they their are, own version. The, the Batman... If Batman shows up in that movie, it's going to be Ben Affleck. Is that... Okay. Yes, and he does turn up for like three or four frames in this trailer but, yeah. for Suicide Squad. It is Ben Affleck's Batman. Okay. So he will at some point appear in this in Suicide Squad. But um, yeah, I, I'm just looking forward to Deadpool now because I want to see yeah. a superhero that doesn't take themselves too seriously. Mm. I mean, we've had so much... We've had so many Batman experiences over the last few years and... The Nolan films get a lot of shit, but I, I really enjoyed them. Yeah, like, I I rate um, The Dark Knight Rises more highly than a lot of people do. Yeah, me too. Well, the funny thing is, I, is I used to really like it, but I, I was watching it in my hotel room this weekend, re-watching it, and I didn't enjoy it as much as when I first saw it. I was, like, looking I, at... The flaws were so apparent, and, and yeah. outside of well, Tom Hardy just doing all of his Mr. Wayne kind of stuff, it was just... Yeah. You know what? The flaws are really boy. obvious once you've seen them... The flaws are really obvious once you've had them pointed out, but... Like, watching it the first couple of times, where I was just watching it in sort of a vacuum, I really enjoyed the film, and I knew that some bits of it were, like, inaccurate and stupid, but it didn't stop me wanting to go along for that ride. I don't appreciate you insulting my movie, Jim Sterling. <laughs> you were merely born a critic. <laughs> I was moulded by the critics. <laughs> I, I was I savaged by the critics. you to an interview on Skype. Mr. Sterling. <laughs> I'm fucking oh God, Max, Jim Sterling. Who the fuck are my, you? My, my favourite person at your um, live show was the person who was like, if I'd have known that all I had to do to get some one-on-one -on -one time with you was make a shitty game and call oh, yeah. you out, I'd have done it years ago. <laughs> that was a brilliant <laughs> Whoever you are, you are my hero from that panel. You were, well. you were great. Um, so what other questions do we have? Um, we have an unrelated to video games one, but I kind of like this question because... You know, it's a nice it's a nice question to get out every now and then. Uh, Creeping Death wants to ask, unrelated to video games, what's each of your favourite uh, personal favourite music albums? Um, will I go first on this one? 
Yeah. Well, you're, the you're, you're the music person. You can start us off. So life-changing albums would be uh, Hounds of Love by Kate Bush, uh, Live After Death by Iron Maiden, um, Mezzanine by Massive Attack, and October Ross by Typo Negative, and then Everything by Bowie and Devon Townsend as well. Mm. My, my answers on this will vary wildly depending on my mood. Um, at the moment, I'm going to say, I'm going to give a couple of shout-outs. Um, I think that The Mechanisms, Once Upon a Time in Space, is my favourite concept album ever. It is a fantastically done, like, space rock opera, lesbian space pirates... <laughs> fairy tale reimagining that's really violent and aggressive in space um it has like a whole cast of like 20 actors that like sing in character voices and they do such a good job with like building an album long narrative i think that album is stunning as a piece of like a piece of flowing musical fiction um albums that were really important to me like at the time that they hit me um my Chemical Romance's Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge just hit me at the right time that that was a really important album for me. Um, at the moment, I've been listening recently to Against Me's Transgender Dysphoria Blues because there was a thread going in the um, the unofficial Jimquisition Facebook group that was talking about... That's an um, amazing album title, like, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really awesome. Like it's it, They were talking about... Um, like basically trans musicians that do really good music. And I really bloody love that album because thanks for showing the me first them, piece... by the way, I looked up their videos and they were fucking cool. Yeah. And like, it's really cool that they are an album. They are a band that like, they had a long established like career running up to that album. They had a big fan base and then they suddenly brought to this whole big fan base. It's like, here is an entire album about being trans. That's really angry, aggressive, like unfiltered sort of punk metal ish stuff about how fucking infuriating it is to be trans sometimes. And I'm like, oh, that's a really... Like, that genre of music is perfect for what you're trying to convey emotionally. That's a really solid album. So there's that. And then have I got one more? Oh, actually, I'm going to give a shout-out to a band that no longer exists that only did one album. I thought their album was stunning. Was um, There's a guy called Super Powerless. Um, He now has a YouTube channel under the name Oliver Age 24 who draws silly not very good like drawing tutorials of characters but um he used to have his sort of one person chiptunes rock band called super powerless and they did one album called monsters that is a stunningly good album about mental health and depression that is fantastic i think it is one of my favorite albums it's a real shame because that guy's music career ended because he got invited to go on britain's got talent and it completely like destroyed his confidence in music and it's it's such a shame because hit that one album he did is one of my favorite all time albums. That's Oliver Hindle. I love you. You're amazing. I really hope you get back to music someday. So, so what about you, Jim? About I can't. By the way, I can't um, believe this is a music question. I got ten seconds and Laura got like fifteen minutes. <laughs> you could have had more time if you wanted. <laughs> well, do you want to we say more about those bands you like? Gavin, to coin your favorite phrase, what did you expect? <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you quickly get yourself out of the way and get your words out of the way. I'm like, no, I'm going to fucking stand my ground and talk about the stuff I like. Uh, well, I'll buzz through mine fairly quickly. Um, a New World Record by the Electric Light Orchestra is the first album that ever really spoke okay, to me. Okay, you keep talking about um, this, so I'm going to have to go and check this album out. <laughs> going to go, go have to listen to it because I've yeah. heard you mention it so many times. I love it. It's a, it's, and in, you know, I lo- ELO is... 
In the past, when Jim has recommended me uh, bands, I've generally very much enjoyed them, so I'll definitely go check this out. Awesome. Yeah, ELO is like my favourite band of all time, and, and a New World Records, the first one I ever heard, still my favourite one. Um, you know, second only to Time, which is another album they did that was fantastic. Um, Indiscreet is an album by Sparks, and I, I, I fucking love Sparks. It, it was hard to choose between um, Indiscreet and Propaganda for my favourite Sparks uh, album, but um, Indiscreet has Happy Hunting Ground on it, has How Are You Getting Home on it. Uh, and hospitality on parade, and the, the, just just such an amazing band, really fun, um, w- nothing quite like it. And they've just Sparks have just recently set up shop with Franz Ferdinand, and created uh, FFS, uh, which is also just fucking amazing. Like I recommend anyone check out their their big song called Johnny Delusional, and that's uh, Franz Ferdinand and Sparks together, and it's it's fucking amazing. Um, what else? Uh, this is hardcore by Pulp. That's a fantastic uh, album. Another, it's so it's, it's such it's a really dark, dark album, miserable album. experience, but it's great. Yeah, um, another Pulp album. Jar- Jarvis Cocker is, is a, a fucking poet. Oh yeah, like his solo album as well is is really Cunts good. Are um, still running the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful album. His is a, a solo one. Uh, another Pulp album I love is one called Freaks which is an acquired taste. It's very early. It's their second album. This, I think the story goes... My friend Leo is, is, is the big Pulp fan. I think the story goes is that the first album Pulp did called It uh, was very light-hearted, very sort of breezy. Then apparently uh, the story goes Jarvis Cocker lost his virginity after It and suddenly went really fucking dark and, <laughs> and produced an album called Freaks, which starts with a song about a carnival which is just cackling and laughing and screaming and talking about fetuses floating in jars, uh, and and it's it's an incredible album. I mean, like I mean, one you really have to get used to. I maintain, um, still after all these years, that Different Class by Pulp for me was the Britpop album. Like even I, even more so yeah, than Park just, Life and um, yeah. Suede, and I, I just think Different Class by Pulp was the fucking one. I couldn't agree with you more. Actually, I think that definitely is an album that defined a genre and a period in time and, a, and, a, and well, an entire nation about... of working like it was the mm. working class voice that album it was yeah. like well that's the thing about Jarvis Cocker mm-hmm. is the guy like even today is so plugged in to what's going on yeah like like Britpop there were there were a lot of Britpop albums that captured the sound of the time but different class captured the attitude of the time. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's something Jarvis Cocker is, is amazing at. Like, I'd compare him almost to um, Lou Reed in that regard. Absolutely. As, as someone who just has their fucking ear on the ground. Like a, almost like a stuff. British Bob Dylan or something. He has just that yeah. almost cynical, but not enough that he becomes an asshole. Yeah. I mean, when you see that again in the solo album, the, the, the Jarvis mm. Cocker solo work, uh, which was obviously very very many years removed from different class totally different era and we're still so clued in like you hear the the song fat children or i will kill again and they're just just fucking beautiful looks at british attitudes it's it's like i know that it's everyone's go-to example from that album but like you look at how well common people has stood up over like the last couple of decades the song of the 90s it's it's amazing Mm. 
And that song, like, it stands up so well, and it's just so many people over the decades have related um, to it. It is just like, it is this moment of that is what that album was. It is, hey, this is someone who genuinely seems to understand what a lot of people were going through mm. and no one in music was talking about, yeah. and that, was that, not afraid to get upset and angry in his music about that it. That song. And I mean, he was he, talking about. Sorry, you do you want to go first? Because I have a, I have a hey, lot you, to say about you this. Go, you go, Gavin. Okay, you're just, the music man. <laughs> on a very um, boring, nerdy music producer's point of view, that song, Common People, if you haven't heard this song, by the way, listeners, just go and listen to it right now. The way they produce that song, they start it with just like the little acoustic guitar and the keyboard going and every time a new verse or chorus starts, they add another layer into the song until by the very end of the song it just drops to almost silence and then completely explodes in this just fucking orgasmic climax of fucking musical joy and it's just incredible when he hits mm. those final it's notes at the very end you're just holy shit you're go listen yeah. to that song on a good headset and it will blow your well, fucking mind yeah. well for, for, for me it's really interesting watching how his voice and his intonation and the emotion in the way he's singing mm. sort of gradually builds as like there are sort of gradiated steps in where like the music adds layers but there is his his voice just sort of gradually rises in intensity and then it has its drop and then suddenly it just pounds in with this hugely emotional ending and he uses here's the funny thing about common people when you're talking about the production of it Mm. uh the inspiration for the way it was produced was the Electric Light Orchestra uh-huh. was, was ELO. Um, they were listening to the, the most famous ELO song is Mr. Blue Sky. Yeah. And again, I get, I get all my pulp information from Leo, who's the, the big uh, pulp fan. Um, they wanted to capture that chugging sense yeah. that Mr. Blue Sky has, this idea that the song's almost like this chugging train, just kind of Yeah, it just keeps going, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, and by so, the yeah, end, so, it's this almost Phil Spector-esque, just massive wall of sound sound, like yeah yeah Mm. also complete side note but um if you like that sort of brit pop stuff and want to see like a modern album that really well captures like a lot of the essence of brit pop at that time um, (laughs) sorry (laughs) Sorry, i was gonna say um, this this is gonna sound this is gonna sound like a weird suggestion if anyone knows my chemical romance music but gerard way's hesitant alien album a lot of that feels like late 80s into early 90s Britpop. There is so much Britpop influence in that album. Um, there are certain points where it sounds like um, uh, like they might be Giants influences in there. and like There's all these weird influences and then just like a whole heaping spoon, a spoonful of just, yeah, here's a load of Britpop just sprinkled over this American out. rock album. Um, I'm going to have to check that out. I will say just, just briefly um, my, my final record because um, we, we just started going while talking about pulp then um, we need to start a music uh, i need to do a music podcast <laughs> yeah i'm so carried away with the music stuff i i no. could i could do with talking about music more often it's one of those like gavin doesn't need music. to do a music podcast with us then he won't be able to talk again. yeah um yeah you need some you need people who are quieter than you that you can talk over and you can be the music expert yeah. in front of and that uh, will quietly revere you just briefly jeff wayne's war of the world's concept oh yeah is, is oh like god one really. of the most meaningful to me it's Terrified the shit out of me as a child. Fucking listening to it as an adult now, though, like still get the chills I yeah. had as a child. But now the 
the adult mind can appreciate just what a beautiful fucking album it is. It's just, really just well a, done. Just a masterpiece. Especially the um, the song that when we were kids didn't enjoy so much, but looking back on it now, is it Forever Autumn it's called? The kind of love song? Mm. Actually, uh, in its mm. own right, separate to the subject matter, is an amazing uh, love song. Yeah, I think that may have been one of the ones they released as a single They did, as yeah. Well. yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause but you're yeah, not here. Yeah. Because you're not here. Oh, again, like goosebumps on my fucking arms and legs, just remembering it. Just, oh, oh, that's. Farewell, Thunder Child. Oh, stop it. Also, one more Christopher's Spanish Train. I fucking love that song. Yeah. I love Christopher Spanish, Spanish Train. Train. Like that whole album is fantastic. Like that was the era where Christopher was doing really interesting stuff with, again, with telling narrative through through songs. He did some beautifully written like narrative musical fiction on Spanish Train. There's a Spanish Train that runs between Guadalquivir yeah, and El Seville. And in the dead of night, the whistle blows and people fear she's she's running still. still. (laughs) (laughs) This one's mine! (laughs) And I said, Lord! Oh, Lord, don't let him win! Christopher. (laughs) Christopher was great at the time. You guys are going to be talking about Cliff Richard next. (laughs) (laughs) This train is dead on time. (laughs) Many souls are on the line, oh, Lord. You've don't let him win. win, or don't let him win, depending or on something which about winning. <laughs> oh, Christopher was oh, great for a number of so years. It's so hard to find a digital version of that song as well. I, ha- I have, I have, I have that album. Faster. I have that album on vinyl. <laughs> I have <laughs> the nice. vinyl of Spanish Train. My mum used to listen to it in the car all the time. It's such a. So did mine. Such fun, a beautiful fucking... Fun story. My mum got backstage at Christabel once because she uh, put on a yellow fluorescent jacket and pretended she was stage crew and just confidently walked backstage. Nice. Got, she got as far as his dressing room. She said, I'm the nanny. <laughs> no, she just she didn't say a word. She just put her fluorescent jacket on and she just really confidently strolled past security and found his dressing that's room. That's <laughs> nice. Half, that's half the battle is just looking like you belong. Yeah, if you, know, like, if you look like you belong and are confident enough, at least like in the 80s, no one's going to stop you. <laughs> Yeah, Christopher. So, yeah, that's Christopher is fun, uh, responsible for one of the funniest Ireland stories I ever heard. Um, you know the way he ran off on his wife with the nanny, and mm-hmm. uh, a friend of mine had a neighbour who really, really loved Christopher. And when she found out, apparently she said, "I couldn't fucking believe it. I threw every CD I hadn't have been to bastard." <laughs> I think I think that's taken us that's taken us to an hour and a half. I think we're good. Uh, we, we're good for wrapping up unless there's any really brilliant question that needs doing right now. Uh, no, I think I think there, we can pass for we this got, week. I'm sorry to the people whose questions I was like, oh yeah, we'll get to these after the music. We did, but no. To be fair, we did get a lot of good questions this week, and yeah, might yeah be we had a very long short list. Yeah. It was more of a long list this week. So thank you all for sending them in. If we didn't answer them, and if it is good, you know feel free to send again next time we do apologize like so many fantastic questions we get every week and the sheer problem is like there are people who are like oh did you get my question last week um like was it good or why didn't you read it and it's just like we get hundreds and hundreds of questions a week 
Like we get like six or seven hours of questions just rolling in. So and basically there are what we do, we, we, Laura, yeah. Laura usually picks some out and then I'll pick some out and we'll be kind of throwing them at each other on a Facebook or Skype chat. And it's like, yeah. you just have to so basically we, narrow that yeah. down to like three or and four. And while they're doing that, I go, I'm getting too many Facebook notifications. <laughs> so I'm going to close that tab for an hour. <laughs> so well, yeah, that, no, that, my that happens every like every Tuesday. There's like the the Facebook notification and I say I know what that is that's that that's Laura are we on for the same time tomorrow and then, <laughs> well, no, there's, and then there's like a whole, I wake up at like 12 o'clock and there's like a slew of Facebook and I there's Laura with with, yeah, with the well, questions that's, that's that's Wednesday morning where it's um I go through various websites I find some news from the week and then I start asking for questions I start throwing them in so you get to wake up on Wednesday to just like oh there's 30 messages in our Facebook thread I guess Laura's doing her job oh okay this is like way off topic now I'm so sorry but I should have mentioned this one earlier Guns and Roses Appetite for Destruction okay and yeah mm, mm, yeah I get up around whenever. I used to get up on time. But that old man, Ooh. he's a real motherfucker, oh. gonna kick him on what? down the line. One more, the first Travelling Wilburys album. <gasps> yes. Travelling Wilburys were fantastic. It is a terrible shame that they only ever had two albums. Yeah. You, got, you guys they are were even more, more dad rock than I am. <laughs> Yeah, my music taste is very much like based on my mum's taste in like yeah, Cat Stevens yeah. and Krista Burr, and then on the other side, it's my dad's like very dad musicy tastes. I mean, I get pretty eclectic. I mean, I, these days I, I'll be more prone to listen to the Scissor Sisters and fucking. They're fucking <laughs> great, man. I yeah. do love the Scissor Sisters. Scissor Sisters, Mountain Goats. Uh, <gasps> oh, the Mountain Goats! Star. The Mountain Goats are goddamn fucking amazing. They are really good. I love them. I really love them. Um, but yeah, it's, we better stop because we'll talk about music all fucking day. Um, Nora, people may want to talk to you about music or other things, and they may want to... Actually, we already fucking did you earlier, but... I That's fine, we're going to do me again. again. Yeah. Um, well, you can do me as many times as you want, Jim. Ooh! <laughs> Ooh, matron! Now things are getting seventies. Are you free, Mr. Grayson? <laughs> anyway, you can find me on Twitter at Laura K Buzz. Laura K Buzz is where you'll find me on most things. So it's Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Patreon, which is what pays the bills, um, iTunes. You can find me on YouTube at Laura K Buzz, where, where I am currently doing a full game let's play of Beyond Good and Evil because I am determined to convince the world that they are missing out on a sequel and to make them feel the heartache I feel so they demand a sequel as well. So you should all come watch me play Beyond Good and Evil. Um, yeah, that's about it. Other than that, Destructoid Monday to Friday, UK editor, Polygon reviews, Guardian interviews, that sort of thing. Nice. Nice. Gavin, you are a, a mu- music, music, ga- what are He's you the doing? man who does the music. I am a music. Yeah. You are the music man. You I come from far music. away and you can play. Yeah. What do you play? <laughs> that's a funny thing actually whenever people ask I, they say what do you do and I'm like oh I'm a, a musician and they say oh and what do you play I'm like eh, everything <laughs> <laughs> all of it <laughs> you play the guitar ding 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 play the guitars and the keyboards and the drum in <gasps> which you can find on my YouTube channel Miracle of Sound which Got the highest views I've ever had this month with almost four million. And you can find me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound, all one word, where I have been 
mostly well behaved this year. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> mostly. Um, awesome. As for me, well, you know, the, the usual drill. Uh, Jim Sterling on Patreon. Uh, Jim Quisition on Patreon, rather. TheJimQuisition.com. Jim Sterling on YouTube. And yes, for the third time in this recording, Jim Quisition Live is being uploaded. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I get a copy. Uh, so... Mm. Yeah, oh, also, before we go, um, if anyone's going to CoxCon, which is a convention happening in London that's got some co-optional people there, I found out today I'm going to be there. So, yeah, I'll be at CoxCon, which is disappointingly not what I thought it was. Which, uh, is it oh. obviously Jesse's going to be there or the other's going to be there? Uh, all of the co-optional people are going to be there. So oh. I am purely there because a bunch of fans were begging, uh, were like bugging me, being like, oh, you should go. When is this? And then... Uh, the 1st and 2nd of August in Telford. Um, I am only going because a load of fans was like, oh, you should go, you should go. Dodger's going to be there. You can talk butts with Dodger's her. Dodger's awesome. And then the person who's running the convention saw all those tweets and was like, oh, do you want to come? We'll sort you out. And I was like, why not? Mm. Hell yeah. So yeah, I'll be at CoxCon and I will be disappointed if there are not dicks plastered everywhere. <laughs> Well, there you go. Go go check out Laura at CoxCon, which unfortunately is not part of the bawdy 70s fun we were just having. Uh, and otherwise, we'll be here next week. I'm sure we will. And I am so fucking happy these hiccups have gone. Uh, see you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.